Indeed, what a wonderful name the name of Jesus is. Amen? Amen. There's simply nobody else that is like him. And when you do find Jesus, you want the whole world to magnify him as the Christ that God sent to save sinners. It becomes your chief aim and your sole purpose in life to do the work of an evangelist, to fulfill the ministry that Christ gives to all of his followers. That's to make disciples of all the nations. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open it up to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verses 27 through 38. And we're going to take a look this morning at an interaction that occurred between Jesus and his disciples at the end of his encounter with the woman at the well. Let's read how things unfolded in this section of the story. John chapter 4, verses 27 through 38. The Bible says, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why do you talk with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. I want to talk to you this morning about the Father's harvest from these verses. And specifically, I want you to notice four truths with me about the Father's harvest. The first is this. The Father's harvest satisfies the soul. The Father's harvest satisfies the soul. We see this in verses 31 through 34. If you remember back to the beginning of this story, when Jesus met the Samaritan woman by Jacob's well outside the town of Sychar, you'll remember that he came to the well in the middle of the day, wearied from his journey. He sat down to rest. 
He was no doubt tired from the walk, probably thirsty and hungry as well. But instead of coming to the well to draw water for himself, he went to the well on a mission to give living water to the woman that he met there that day. Jesus' disciples had probably taken note of how tired he was. And they felt that they could leave him alone to rest for a while. Not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally. From the hard conversations that he was constantly having with hurting people. I mean, it just wore Jesus out. But he loved people. To their surprise, when his disciples returned, Jesus was not alone taking a nap but engaged in a deep conversation with a Samaritan woman. John chapter 4 verse 8 informs us that Jesus' disciples had gone into the city to buy food. More than likely, they had brought enough to bring back something for their very tired and hungry master. They urged him in his tired state to eat something so that he could be re-energized But Jesus said, guys, I've got food to eat that you don't even know about. And then, you know, the debate amongst the disciples began to occur. Where did he get that secret stash of snacks? Who's been holding? He's been holding out on us. Who gave him that stuff? But just as Jesus had not been talking about H2O with the woman at the well... Jesus was not talking about a sandwich with his disciples. He was talking about something more than just physical food to provide physical nourishment. Before Jesus had begun his public ministry, Satan had tempted him out in the wilderness at the end of a 40-day fast. The first temptation that came from the evil one played on Jesus' physical hunger. It was meant to distract him from his spiritual purpose. Many of you remember what Satan said. Command these stones to become bread. But Jesus quoted God's word in response to the enemy. Saying what Moses had written in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Though Jesus was not being tempted to break his fast by Satan in John chapter 4, he was living by the same principle that he had learned out in the wilderness. That there is more to life than eating and drinking. There is life to be had In doing the will of God. Doing the Father's will by being a part of His harvest will satisfy the hunger of your soul in a way that makes a mouth-watering steak pale in comparison. It's interesting me to think about the first sin that Adam and Eve committed way back in the Garden of Eden. Eating the fruit from that forbidden tree. People like food. I mean, we're Southern Baptists, right? 
You know what makes a Southern Baptist a Southern Baptist is sweet tea and fried chicken. That's really not. I might need to preach a sermon on that sometime, okay? But man, we, we like food. We eat food. But there is something that is much better than eating food. And that is doing God's will. Instead of doing God's will, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. But here in this passage, when it came to Jesus, he did God's will instead of eating food. As a Christ follower, how will you live? It really kind of helps us understand the choices that we have in this life. Will you live only to satisfy your fleshly appetite? Just getting whatever you can to make yourself feel better for a few moments. Or will you live to bring honor to the Lord by obeying His Word, even when it costs you something, even when it makes you feel uncomfortable, even when you're tired, even when you're worn out? What we see is that when Jesus did God's will, it didn't drain his energy. It gave him strength. The Father's harvest satisfies the soul. I want you to see the second truth about the Father's harvest. Not only does the Father's harvest satisfy the soul, the Father's harvest is here at hand. The Father's harvest is here at hand. And we see this in verse 35 and we can connect it to verses 28 through 30. At this point, Jesus provided his disciples with an illustration to make another point that the Father's harvest was here at hand. I love Bryson's children's sermon with our kids here on Sunday mornings. Don't you guys? Some, sometimes you'll learn more from that than you will from me preaching at you. I mean, you just will. Most of the time, Bryson will use some type of object to provide a, a lesson to illustrate a spiritual truth from God's Word. Jesus did that with His adult disciples here, right? He provided them with an illustration to help them see what He was talking about. It wasn't lunchtime. It was time for spiritual harvest. If we're to take Jesus' words as a timeline for the agriculture industry at this point in history... This event probably happened in December or January, which was about four months before the normal springtime harvest of mid-April. The grain that had been planted sometime in November would have sprouted up in bright green by the time December and January had rolled around. Different place in the world, different crops that they grew, a little bit different timeline than we have here. But you folks are familiar with those crops sprouting up out of the ground, driving through the fields and seeing the new growth that comes about. I want you to picture what Jesus' disciples most likely saw as these words were coming out of his mouth. The farm fields in the countryside outside of Sychar springing up bright green in the foreground. And in the background, a bunch of people coming out of the city to see Jesus. 
Visualize in your mind what Jesus was saying with his words. There were people on the horizon, most likely wearing a common white or off-white colored clothing, topping the hill just over those green sprouts. It would have been a picture to see. Those Samaritans would have looked like heads of grain ready to be harvested. Jesus wanted his disciples to see that it wasn't time to rest. And the harvest wasn't somewhere far off in the future. It was time to reap because the harvest was right then and there. Before I was a member of First Baptist Church in Walnut Ridge, I was a member of Calvary Baptist Church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. A couple hours drive from here. Wonderful church. A lot of wonderful believers there. Some great people that taught me the truths of God's word. And I'm thankful for them. The church building, Calvary Baptist in Horn Lake, Mississippi, sits at an intersection of Highway 51 and Church Road. If you've ever been to the Landers Center over in South Haven, Mississippi for a concert or some kind of event, the, the church building is just down the road from the Landers Center. And when we were church members there, me and my family, uh, when I was a teenager, there wasn't a whole lot over there. The Landers Center was, uh, at that time, the DeSoto Civic Center. It was a brand new building. The church was on the corner of Highway 51 and Church Road, and there was really just a bunch of fields of grass and weeds just kind of overgrown everywhere. You go over there today, there's gas stations on opposite corners and a Walgreens and subdivisions everywhere, a community college down the road, restaurants all over the place, a big apartment complex across the way, people all over the place. When Calvary Baptist Church in Horn Lake, Mississippi built their sanctuary building, they had a, a nice sign out in front of the main sanctuary building. It said Calvary Baptist Church to identify the, the church so that people driving down the highway could see it. But on the back side of that sign, if you were to go to a worship service on Sunday morning and then leave the worship service and walk back out into the parking lot, you would read on the back of the Calvary Baptist Church sign these words in quotation marks. Lift up your eyes and look upon the fields. And it was a real pretty picture when I was a teenager growing up because you could lift up your eyes and look on the fields. And at certain times of year, the grass had been growing up and it was tall because it hadn't been mowed and you could just see the fruit of this, really these weeds and this grass growing up all over the place. It was real pretty. The last time I went to go visit the, the church back in October, they had a trunk or treat festival going on. There wasn't a whole lot of grass left. But you know what there was? A whole lot of people. People everywhere. Hey, listen to me. Jesus wasn't just trying to paint a pretty word picture in the minds of his disciples. He was trying to help them understand reality. Guys, there is a throng of people coming over this hillside. It's not time for me to sit down and eat a piece of bread and drink some juice and take a nap. It's time for all of us 
to bring in the harvest. It's right here. It's right now. Folks, when you leave the sanctuary this morning, or when you leave first group Bible study, or when you leave the mother-daughter potluck later on, and you walk outside the doors of this church building, you've got a couple of choices to make. You can keep your eyes down and focused on the steps you're taking to your car and what you're going to do the rest of this week. Or you can lift up your eyes and you can look upon the fields. They're white for harvest. There are people all around us that still need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you lift up your eyes and look? Third truth I want you to see about the Father's harvest is that the Father's harvest results in rejoicing. The Father's harvest results in rejoicing. We see this in verses 36 and 37 when Jesus said, And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Jesus' disciples were about to receive a great reward, experience a ton of joy, as many of these Samaritans were about to place their faith in Jesus as the Christ. And Jesus loved to talk to people, but if a whole city's coming out to see him, I guarantee you he couldn't spend a half an hour with each and every individual one of these folks. They would have heard Jesus' words from his own mouth, but they most likely had to engage in some conversation with Jesus' disciples, asking them questions about what he meant by certain things. Jesus' disciples were involved in the harvest, and they were going to receive the reward of reaping the harvest. These disciples had not sown the seed of the gospel among these people, but they were about to bundle sheaves that were a product of God's work through the Old Testament prophets and through the personal witness of Jesus to this Samaritan woman who had gone back to the village and told everybody, you've got to come see this guy. I mentioned to you last week that there is simply no greater joy in life than to Help lead someone else to faith in Jesus Christ. And it's true. I'll stand by it again this week. And it's a blessing that I want all of you to be able to experience. And I want to share with you just one of those blessings that we were able to enjoy this past weekend. The Father's harvest results in rejoicing. Yesterday, about, I guess about 2.05-ish, something around in there, I was standing about right, I think it was about right here. Yeah, about right here. cross was a little closer to the front of the stage. And, uh, and a fellow named Sam Lewis and a lady now named Haley Lewis were standing up here on the stage. And guys, I, was, I tried my best to hold it together. And I did pretty good through the ceremony. I may lose it this morning. 
the joy that there was in this place. Not just in my heart, but in the hearts of many of you who were here to see these two young people who had both come to faith in Christ as a result of people sharing the gospel with them in this church. To see these two young people having matured and grown as individuals and in their faith, be able to look at each other in the eye and tell one another that they were going to love each other for the rest of their lives. And then to walk out this aisle. Guys, I'm telling you, there is a joy to be had in the Father's harvest. There is a reward of rejoicing to be experienced. And I can't explain it to you. You just, you got to know yourself what it's like to point somebody else to Jesus and see them fully follow Him and see them grow and develop in their faith. It's amazing and incredible to be a part of. You as First Baptist Church, I want you to hear me. You as First Baptist Church are able to rejoice because of the work that God has done through you in the lives of those two people, Sam and Haley Lewis. And that's just one example. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if, like Coy said earlier when we started the worship service, if the church pews were full of people with stories of transformation and growth just like that? Guys, the Father's harvest is here at hand. And there is a reward of rejoicing to be experienced if we'll just join Him in the work that He's already doing. Fourth truth I want you to see about the Father's harvest is that the Father's harvest is wonderful work. The Father's harvest is wonderful work. Verses 37 and 38, Jesus ended His teaching with His disciples by saying, for in this The saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. As great as it is to experience the reward of the Father's harvest, you don't get great joy without hard work. Let me say it again. You don't get great joy without hard work. Sowing and reaping in the kingdom is work. Knocking on doors in the community and inviting children to vacation Bible school. Driving church vans on Wednesday nights. Rob, Alan, Aaron, Randy, John Rice, where you at? It's work. Encouraging your adult friends to join you for first group Bible study. Praying for that one person in your life who needs to know Jesus. Praying for them every day for two and a half years. It's work. Teaching at Vacation Bible School. 
going on mission trips to Lesotho, serving as a chaperone at Survivor, volunteering for Sunday evening nursery duty. It's work. But it's wonderful work. And I want you to notice that even though it's hard work, if you just follow Jesus, it's easy. It's not comfortable, but it's easy. You're just resting in Christ, abiding in Him, and allowing Him to work through you. We need to remember that we are not the first ones to do this work here at First Baptist Church in Walnut Ridge. This church right now is a product of believers abiding in Christ over the past hundreds and even thousands of years. Somehow in the mystery of the Father's harvest, past fruit becomes present laborers. We're here serving the Lord today because there were people before us who served the Lord yesterday. The key in being a part of this work is simply to listen to His direction, to abide in Him so that He bears fruit through us. Did you notice in verse 38 that it wasn't the disciples who came up with some brilliant idea to go reach these Samaritans? It was Jesus that sent them out into the harvest. Just as the father directed his son to Jacob's well, and the disciples were astonished to find the Lord speaking to this Samaritan woman in verse 27. So the Lord Jesus has told us to go and make disciples of all nations. And if we're simply faithful to do what Jesus has sent us to do, People will be amazed when God does the work that only He can do. That's why this work is so wonderful. People stand back and wonder at how in the world God has used some little church in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas to make such a big impact for His kingdom in the lives of people. And we ourselves even stand back and wonder, God, how? Why? But God, thank you. The Father's harvest is wonderful work. First Baptist Church, there is more that God wants to give you than you could possibly get for yourself. Lift up your eyes and look upon the fields. They're already white for harvest. There is a reward to be received for both those who sow seeds of the gospel and those who are able to reap the sheaves of repentant sinners. God has been doing a wonderful work. He is doing a wonderful work and He will continue to do a wonderful work. It's His harvest. Will you join Him in His harvest? Will you be a part of what He is doing and what He wants to do? You know what would be amazing? 
It would be amazing if looking back on it years from now, people would go, man, the Lord showed up in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. I mean, he started to change people's lives and homes from the inside out. People who had been running away from the Lord chose to turn and run away from their sins and run into the Father's arms, fall into His grace. Homes that were broken and falling apart were restored. People who had been living however they wanted to in horrible, horrendous sin confessed their sin, gave their lives to Jesus, and He changed them forever. Wouldn't it be neat if just like in Sychar that day some 2,000 years ago when a whole group of Samaritans came to faith in Jesus that there was a whole pocket full of people not even just here at First Baptist but down the road at White Oak Baptist Church and, and over out by Walmart at the First Assembly of God and maybe even up in the hills in Black Rock and Imboden if people truly came to Jesus Christ because we as God's people were faithful to go out into His harvest fields and bring them to the Lord. The Father's at work. I just want to invite you to join Him.